Pulp MX Network Production. Welcome to the Pulp Hockey Show with Steve Mathis. Support the show by clicking the Amazon banner on PulpHockey.com before shopping. Follow the show on Twitter at Pulp Hockey. Subscribe on iTunes and find us on Stitcher or your favorite podcast app. Welcome, everybody, to the Pulp Hockey Podcast. Thanks for listening. Get it on Stitcher. Get it on iTunes. Get it on pulphockey.com. Thanks for listening, everybody. We appreciate it. Uh, Rideyboard, rideyboard.com's, uh, rideyboard.com. Use the code PULP to save 15%. It's a patented foam technology that makes installation and removing a breeze. Uh, one of these uh, boards that you can stick them anywhere you want. Stick them to the rink glass at practice. Peel it off. Slap it up on the locker room. Take it down. We thank those guys for coming on, and uh, if you're tired of drawing plays over plexiglass, check out RideyBoards.com. With me on the line, he is a uh, NHL Hall of Famer. He is fifth all-time in points per game. He just uh, He's a legend of the game, and uh, we were pumped to have him on the phone. He's a great Marcel Dion. Marcel, thank you for doing this. Thank you very much. It's uh, it's been uh, it's been fun to try to get track you down and uh, finally get to talk to you. I'm pumped. I'm excited. Um, uh, fantastic career. Lots to talk about. Uh, MarcelDion.com. You have a, a card store and a Blue Lion Diner going on there. How's business? Well, actually, it's not a card store. It's oh. uh, it's a complex. It's uh, gets confusing. It's uh, we sell licensed product. My my daughter started this business mm-hmm. 15 years ago. Uh, at the time, we live in Buffalo. And she went to into a mall, a mall with her girlfriend, and uh, uh, it was just for the holidays. Uh, her, my her girlfriend's father was the manager of the mall. So anyway, make a long story short, mm-hmm. uh, she only wanted to go there for six weeks after uh, Thanksgiving for for the retail uh, Christmas, and they end up staying there for three years. And then finally, <laughs> I have to move back to uh, Canada, Niagara Falls, Ontario. I had a land project, I built over 200 homes. And it took a while. Then we moved the business at the same time. So what it is, it's licensed product. It's from anything to anything. We have thousands and thousands of items that uh, it, it carries a logo. We don't mm-hmm. sell cards. We do have cards for a special uh, situation. Right. And we have a restaurant that uh, my daughter opened for five years ago. Mm-hmm. It's a diner. It's called a Blue Line Diner. And the business itself, mine, is called Marcellion Inc. But they're connected. So... If you go on TripAdvisor or if you go on Yelp, uh, what happens is uh, we we come up first, second, third, or something. But tremendous reviews, and we get a lot of tourists. We get people coming from everywhere, and once they get here, they're not aware of my side. It's connected, but it's saying, "What the heck is this?" And right. then suddenly, they get it. So if they have any little bit of a sports orientation, mm-hmm. well, now they're really in because I'll be walking and they'll say, "It's him! It's him! <laughs> it's really it's him!" him. Right. I says, "Of course." It says, you see me on the wall with brown or black hair. I said, now it's great. <laughs> so it's been successful. Oh, I've good. been here probably uh, 13 years. My mm-hmm. daughter's been five years, and we do extremely well. And thanks to the fans that uh, you talk to all the time, and other ones it's, uh, that don't forget its memories and with their kids and so on. So it's a very, very pleasant environment to be in. Oh, that's good. I, I imagine like the the authentic authentication of items and all that is uh, something that you research and you look into and make sure that it's legit and everything else, right? Like it's all um, um, 
you know, because sometimes some of those stores, you're like, who signed that? Or who, did that really get signed or whatever, you know? So Well, if you say, first of all, if you say who signed that, it's just because you don't can't read the autograph. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, basically, what I do is just, we have, a, I did have a collection that over the years I collected with uh, probably 10, 15 years ago mm-hmm. with a lot of Hall of Famers. Uh, they signed a lot of Pucks photos. Right. And they got compensated with that. But... Then we stopped when uh, when I could see that the autograph was really to a point like it was not readable. I was right. not interested. So what we do, we we deal with a lot of uh, wholesalers where players go there, and even myself mm-hmm. uh, might be going to St. Louis, for example, or Boston. So somebody from California like to get something. Well, you, you're not sure. in California, right? And it's been a very uh, a good thing. And most of these guys are legitimate people, but for myself, when I first started uh, to look into this, baseball was really tough. Uh, there was a lot of Mickey Mantle autographs flying out there. That right. uh, they, they were, it was fraud. So it's very tricky. And my thing for to tell you the truth, I always tell them says, why do you want an autograph? If you got it, if you got a picture, that's one thing. Mm-hmm. But you know what? Some of them will fade over time. Some will disappear depending on the texture. It's a, I had basketball or football totally gone, mm-hmm. and you feel like crying. Right? Pay <laughs> a lot of money for this, yeah. but sometimes a photo tells the whole story. So uh, I, I I deal uh, the, my staff deal with people what they have. Uh, you know, especially when they do their man cave. And focus on them. Listen, what's your budget? You know, they yeah, already yeah. come in. Eighty percent of our customer, believe it or not, are women. Oh, okay. And a lot of them are not knowledgeable. They'll know what a purse is and pair of shoes. They know the value. But when <laughs> yeah. they start looking on these walls, and the first thing I tell them, so how much do you want to spend? Yeah. She says, oh, whatever. I said, okay, well, you want to spend five thousand? So no, 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 no. <laughs> and sometimes, you know what happened? Just, we find something for fifty bucks, seventy-five, mm-hmm. five dollars. And if you suit the thing, and I says they don't like it, can take it back. And at the end of the day, now they trust they trust you. They made contact, and uh, now they come back forever. They mm-hmm. come back for their kids, their father, their grandpa, their teachers. And 80% of our customers are women, so no, that's good. I'm always looking good. I'm always <laughs> shave every morning, looking good for those ladies. Believe me. <laughs> hey, did you? Uh, so when Yager just passed you for on the goal time goal list, did you take all his merchandise off off the shelf? <laughs> Actually, you know what? Actually, I bought a jersey of him. Okay. And I don't know if you remember. See, you said to me you uh, you're from Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. The late John Ferguson. Yeah, remember absolutely. Him? Yeah, absolutely. Well, John Ferguson had a golf tournament. It's all. This is all we're connected. All of us are connected. And maybe this generation not as much, but right. my generation. But so I went to his golf tournament, and the golf tournament was pro, for prostate cancer. Mm-hmm. And then I saw Mario Lemieux. He had it on one hole, uh, autograph and frame, and with uh, Jagger. Mm-hmm. And uh, because I love John Ferguson so much, which, by the way. Died of prostate cancer. Yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah. And uh, True. so that was way before that, and it's ironic. And you know what? I um, I paid twenty five hundred dollars. I still have the Jagger. Mm-hmm. The Mario Lemieux is gone because somebody wanted it. And yeah. But I still have Jagger. And you know what? Right. I'm not going to get rid of him now. I just got to keep him. He's, <laughs> he's just ahead of me. And I'll tell you right now, I think Brett Hall must be nervous because I think he's going to go by Brett Hall, too. <laughs> yeah, I know. I agree. <laughs> I think I, I don't know. He just turned 44, I think, yesterday. So it's like, geez. Well, you know what? He's uh, I know very close friends of his. He's in very good shape, tremendous shape. Yeah. Uh, I think the challenge for him, 
even if he does well, it's going to come back to the salary cap in Florida or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm, not, I'm not sure how much he's making, but uh, but he, he said that he wanted to play until uh, he's 50, so yeah. who knows? Does it matter? Some athletes are like that. You know what? Yeah. There's some athletes, and he's one of those guys, so good for him. Hey, does it matter for, like, okay, when you retired, you were third all-time uh, behind uh, Gretzky and Howe. And you're still, like, fifth all-time in points per no, game. No, 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 no. When I retired, I was second. Oh, sorry. Gretzky hadn't Behind passed you. Behind Gordie Howe. Okay. Does it matter then it, to then you? It, then it only took about a year and a half for, <laughs> for Gretzky to pass the two of us. <laughs> I know. <laughs> does it matter to you, though? Do you get? Do you watch this stuff? Does it? Do you care that Yager passed you? Does it Does it, uh, Does it? it mean anything to you? Or You know what it means to me? Mm. You know how many players have played in the NHL? No. Oh. A ton. Thousands. Right. Thousands and thousands and thousands. For me to be up there, mm-hmm. to be a guy that's five foot seven and a half, yeah. which I had my dad at six one, two hundred forty <laughs> forty pounds, my mom was short. I was probably still be playing at Yeah. In six two six three, you know what I mean. I would have yeah. killed some of these guys. I'll tell you, that. especially <laughs> the days of the the, the 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 flyers, you know, the bullies. Yeah, you know, yeah. but, but anyway, so. Uh, Absolutely not. You yeah. know what? I was very fortunate to have played in a great game. I enjoy. I get. I give it everything I got. The, what I have done right now, my post career, uh, everything that I saw into the game, as far as business, mm-hmm. leadership, uh, locker room talk, the fans uh, created to me, created something for me that's just like going to school and. Oh, cool. Finally graduated, and mm-hmm. I've done extremely well, and I, I cannot thank that enough. If you ask me if I would have thought I would be up there now, absolutely not. If I have a pride of something, I can tell you this. I'm the only, I'm the first French-Canadian of all the, all the French-Canadians. They always name Guy first. Yeah. Nah, nah, nah. nah, nah, nah. He, he's a good friend of mine. I smoke by him. I just, <laughs> but he won cups. What can I tell you? Yeah. Give me one cup. Give me one Stanley Cup. So and the okay. whole topic of talking about me, it's different. Yeah, you really. You don't yeah. win, That's true. they don't talk about you. That's it. That's true. And, yeah, and, and Guy was drafted ahead of you. Of course, you and him were great, the junior rivals, and he was drafted ahead of you. And uh, But, yeah, you got him, you got him beat. So, um, Hey, did I see you were just out in L.A.? They just flew you out for um, uh, retro night or something like that? or I don't, They ran the old jerseys and everything. I, is that uh, How was that? Did you enjoy it? No, I was not there. I, oh, I, thought, not there. I saw a photo. I was, uh, I no, I was in, where you saw me, uh-huh. I was in uh, in Boston. Oh, okay. All right. Okay, so here's what happens. This is this year. Uh, I hope you're aware. If you're not aware, I'm going to take over your job, you know. So <laughs> <laughs> this year, it's the 50th anniversary of the expansion. Yep. So right. what happened, there were six teams originally. I was 14 years old. Mm-hmm. February 9th, uh, Luke Robitaille, prior to that, they called me uh, about a month prior to that, says, we'd like to have you there coming to Boston. He says, uh, that's where uh, February 9th mm-hmm. established the Kings to be uh, oh, I didn't, part oh, of okay. the NHL. And it, it, it's, it's, it's really an interesting story. So anyway, I said, okay, mm-hmm. well, I'm 14 years old. And he says, well, well, we'll take our first captain, first captain of the LA Kings. His name is Bob Wall. Now, when I look back at that picture, I was 14 years old. I ended up playing against a lot of those guys in their prime when I was 21. Sure, yeah. Most of those guys were 28, 29. And Bob Wall came from the Detroit Red Wings organization, and I played with them in Detroit my first year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But here's what happened. I thought he was about 82, 83 years old, because it seems to me at 21, I haven't seen him in years. Yeah, I yeah. Said, he, must, he must have been like... 
So, that old. So then the guy from uh, the PR, uh, his name is Kelly, for a really, really, really nice guy. He says, no, no, he's only 73. I says, Kelly, you're full of baloney. So I came back <laughs> home, looked on the internet. He's 73. I was the most excited guy of my life. And I told Bob, I says, Bob, I was so happy to see you because now you're 73. 83 is a little bit tougher. Let's talk about the old days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just glad you're here. You know here. what? <laughs> They'd done a good job. It was so respectful. If uh -huh. you look at the original team uh, then, uh, and I remember when I was 14, senior hockey was very, very strong all across Canada. Well, when they expanded, added six teams, mm -hmm. a lot of guys from the American League move up to the NHL. Yeah. Then there was a shortage of players. And then a lot of the guys played senior hockey. It was that good of a caliber. A lot of these guys move up to the American League, and some guys end up playing in the NHL. And I know for, for a fact two guys in my hometown did play in the NHL. Not a long time. Yeah. But in yeah. three to four years, but they did oh. play. So, uh, and the rest is history, right? We saw the expansion with Buffalo and Vancouver in 1971, and after that, well. Yeah, it's crazy when uh, you think so about teams. doubling the league. They just doubled it. <laughs> you know, just like, hey. Yeah, well, so, so there's going to be, uh, so I'm definitely going to the, uh, when you talk about it, going to uh, Los Angeles on the open uh, opening night, I think it's 14th or 15th, they're going to have a big gala, mm -hmm. and then they have uh, also the all-star game. Yep. Uh, it's going to be in January, but going back to Boston, I never never all the years that I've been going to watch the Kings or if I was in Los Angeles or somewhere they never win I'm not telling you, I'm, not, I'm not kidding you 15 16 times well I took my son-in-law and he said and he told me he bet on the Kings I said are you crazy are you I'm, a, I'm a bad yeah. omen for these guys it's right. not good well they pumped them 9 to 2 I couldn't believe it never seen so many goals yeah that was good let me tell yeah. you it was really a lot of fun to go down in the uh, not in the dressing room, but to stay outside and see all those guys smiling, because usually they're always yeah. mad. <laughs> That's crazy. It was a good night for my son-in-law. You're like, oh, no, Marcel's here again. Oh, great. <laughs> um, it's, it's well, here's what I tell Daryl, Daryl Sutter. He's so funny, right? I said, Daryl, you probably have my son-in-law watching, because I've known Daryl for a long time. Yeah. I really like him. He's a man of a few words, right? Right, right, right. And I'm going deaf, I swear to God. I'm going to need some earring rates pretty soon. And then the... I, can't, I cannot hear what he's saying, but I said to him, I says, you probably went back in the dressing room, Daryl, after the game and said, okay, that was good, guys, but don't keep on playing like this again. I don't like these type of scores. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's not a Sutter. Sutter get nine goals is not much. Yeah, he's not yeah. happy. But it's funny, um, the next night, like, uh, they, the Boston went and uh, they won, and yeah. just like, it was, they, they, they were totally, totally flat. Unbelievable, for, yeah. especially for Boston in their and, own building. So and Lucic, Lucic, Milan Lucic was coming back. You know what I mean? So you that, know what he did a good job. Kopitar yeah. uh, is playing really well. Mm -hmm. uh, he set him up for a goal. He got a, another assist or two assists. And uh, you know what? They give him a really good ovation. Then he stayed after the game and skated around. And uh, I saw him after the game. I said, you know what you did. Uh, uh, Milan, I says that's a lot of class. That's that's yep. going back to the fans. I want to dedicate. And the building sure. was full, and, and uh, yeah, uh, it's you know it's 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 a beautiful uh, building, and uh, Boston's a beautiful city. So that, that that's that's what that's what it's all about. It was really well appreciated, and 
I'm sure the Kings are happy to have him. I did one of these with Jim Fox maybe two weeks ago, and we talked a little bit. Of course, Jim, the announcer, uh, color analyst, and uh, he talked about how he played on the Triple Crown for a little bit when there were some injuries, and uh, he got he got a lot of points. But um, you know, the, the ownership, the Anschultz family that took over the Kings, um, you know, two Stanley Cups now, looking looking awesome for this year again. They've really done a, a good job reaching out to and Luke Robitaille too. Of course, he's in charge of business over there. Your former teammate, business uh, uh, development there. They've done a good job with you and the other Kings and Jim and everything else about trying to bring you guys back in the fold and everything else, right? Like it's it's a it's a really cool deal they do with with former yeah, teams. It's a, it's pretty good. Uh, the, most of the teams, like you got to remember this, the Western uh, teams. It's difficult. Man. Mm-hmm. When I played, most of the guys did not stay there. Very mm-hmm. few guys stayed. And reason, it was just the real, the real estate value. Everybody thinks because you played in the NHL, you were rich. Well, <laughs> it's the opposite. Uh, it started to be in 1992, 93, yeah. 94, when salaries start to go into the millions of dollars. So uh, it was very difficult to, to stay in contact unless you, you had a connection that you worked with the Kings or you, mm-hmm. you found and married a girl from there. But outside of that, everybody left. You know. So, But, uh, yes, it is. Uh, you know, there's a generation. The sad part is just there's a generation that goes by you. Uh, when you look at Toronto and Detroit and Chicago, mm-hmm. uh, there's a tremendous amount of uh, guys that play there, the alumni. So much easier for them to be uh, yeah. visible, to participate, and to follow up during the summer. Like, uh, you know, a lot of golf tournaments, a lot of charity events. So I run into a lot of guys. As a matter of fact, I'm a, in Buffalo, it's the same thing. Uh, there's a lot of guys I've lived that live there. A lot of guys are still there. Yep. And every time there's a nice event, it's, it's really nice to see the guys. So uh, for me, I... You know, like I said, I I'd like to see the fans, but like there's a generation that's gone mm-hmm. and no longer there. But the ones that pop up, they'll say, I was like eight, nine years old, Marcel, when my dad took me or my grandfather, and they're avid, um, you know, fan and so on. So it's um, it's very respectful. I I do and I enjoy that. And uh, matter of fact, when they ask me to go and sit in the suite or hide somewhere, I hate it. I says, <laughs> Would you leave me alone? Let me go and sit with the fans back there. I don't yeah. care how many autographs I sign. I said, I, I don't come too often, and when I come, I really right. want to enjoy it. People are very nice, you know, so um, that's what you have to give back to the game, and that's to them you have to give it back, and especially the Anshud family, and the Kings have gone through tremendous uh, uh, had tremendous issues uh, in their lifetime. It looks from the time they came in, and they almost went bankrupt. And uh, you know, so uh, thank God they they took over and they built a beautiful Staples Center. They, they revived it downtown, and uh, just like the Elich family did in Detroit. And mm-hmm. it's possible. And it's, it's at the end of the day, it's ownership, and that's right. what it is. Very strong ownership. Get the right people and uh, make things happen. And I'm. Very, very happy they won a couple cups. And like you're right, they're still they're still very uh, um, in, in the hunt. Uh, they're yep. very competitive. Uh, anything can happen. They might make a trade before the deadline, but uh, if everything goes well, you know they're they're solid. Where were you when they won the first cup, and what did you think? What, what, what did you? Does it mean? Did it mean something extra to you? I mean, for so long, you were one of the only reasons to watch the LA Kings, and you know, weren't on TV a lot and and, and everything else. So when they won that first cup, what? Uh, where were you? Well, you watched them uh, progress and so on, and I said, "Holy jeez, it's really happening!" <laughs> and uh, uh, when I went there, Luke asked me to come down for two games, and okay. I could see. I said, "No, no it's not happening." And then. Um, 
I just decided, I says, I'm not going to stay for the last game. I'm going home. I says, I can't take this. <laughs> and I went home, and I sat in front of TV, and then uh, they got going. They were leading 3 nothing, and right. everybody was texting me and so on. We got the cup. We win the cup. So I said, just don't just talk wait. yet. I says, <laughs> I live a game, and I've been in a game with my teammates where we, we, we were losing 5 nothing against uh, the uh, – the uh, that's right, the um, uh, Gretzky and company, Mark Messi, and you yeah. name it. And we came back to beat the miracle on Manchester. So until it got down to almost nothing, says, oh, my God, that's good. And uh, I got so many people that call it. We're so happy. The second one is a little bit different. I uh-huh. know, like, the guys, it's, it's always exciting to win it. But on the second one, they created a new pool of fans at our store. Uh, we sell a lot of King's hats. Okay. Uh, there's a lot of requests for photos. Uh, a lot of guys ask for Jonathan Quick and Kopitar uh, and Drew Doughty. So uh, that was not really there before, you know. So they have established themselves. It's like any Western teams. When when the game starts, it's 10:30 at night, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when they come back east, now you see them a little bit more, and then you see the replays. And but uh, now they have a they have a strong follow up everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, they do. They have a, uh, you know, they've done a good job with their uniforms too, and their logos and everything else. Um, well, that 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 in Boston, I, I was with my son. I said, "Geez, that looks pretty good." I says, "Well, and me too." I says, "I really like it." There was a nice contract with the Boston Bruins. But I said, "You should have seen us when we wore that, especially the, <laughs> you know, the, 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 everybody hated it. Well, they were like uh, yeah. Lakers color, right? Yeah, yeah. Lakers color. Yep." Uh, they were ahead of their time. So what can I tell you? Now everybody likes it. And I sell a lot of these jerseys. They go back. Yeah, I like, like it. the retro. It's a popular sell now. No, I like it. I think it looks great. Yeah, and at the time, yeah, yeah the, same with the Vancouver. The Vancouver just wore their retro uniform, too. And I was like, hey, that looks good. I like that. <laughs> I don't know. Who knows? Um, That's right. Hey, when you retired from the Rangers, obviously, you, well, let's actually, let's talk about how much, you know, you don't seem like a guy that lives in the past. But, man, if you hadn't. I don't know what what LA was thinking in trading you. I don't know if you were fighting with Pat Quinn, what was going on. But man, if you just stuck it out, you could have been a second line guy behind Gretzky when he showed up. McNall turned that franchise around. Do you often think about that and wonder about if you had stuck around and not been traded to the Rangers? Well, it was not. It was not meant to be. Uh, first of all, Pat Quinn was uh, suspended. Mm-hmm. After yeah. Christmas, because the uh, disagreement he signed with, uh, signed with Vancouver and Pat right. was a very, very good friend. That really killed me. Oh, okay. Absolutely killed me. And we're on the verge to make a turn with, you know, having young players like Luke, mm-hmm. Jimmy Carson, Steve Duchesne. Yep. That was the first time I could see, wow, there's, a, there's, a, there's a little sniff going on here to be competitive for all those years. Uh, we were tough and everything. And then suddenly... Uh, I, uh, I I felt that uh, Mike Murphy became the coach, and mm-hmm. I was really happy to play for him. And my contract, I still have one year left. And I just uh, mentioned it to Rogi Vash on Senate Letters that uh, I just wanted to know where do I fit in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've, I've watched long enough to know that at one time in your career, you start, you know, Mm-hmm. To give the uh, the baton to somebody else, you know, give yeah, him the, yeah. the the go lead, and I've I, I've done it. I took it away from guys in Detroit, but those guys stayed with me. I needed them right. for the experience. I says I can't fit in there. I don't need to play uh, twenty minutes. I can't play twelve minutes and do all that stuff. So uh, uh, at the end of the day, uh, it is the answer was, and I still have it in writing. Says well, and Rugi was my roommate. He said okay. basically yep. says I. 
we don't like to negotiate any contract uh, during the season. And that was not the case. It was not the case. Let's talk here. Don't put me in a situation where I'm going to go to Montreal. I'm playing five minutes, and I'm very happy to play five minutes to fit in, to break in the guys, teach him the game, teach him the business, and suddenly everybody in Montreal, you know how it's like, says, well, he's done, he's finished. I didn't need this in my life. Right, right. So I said, well, if it doesn't work out, then you know what? There's an option. Just treat me. Obviously, you're not answering back. So obviously you have other reasons, yeah. and I could you know, say so he went to Jerry Buss, and Jerry Buss could have said no, but yeah. he have done it. I think I was more of a threat. I knew the game. I understood the game. I played the game hard, successful at it. I yep. met the best players in the game. Uh, although I didn't go far in the playoffs, I was in the All-Star Games. I was in Team Canada's Canada, World yeah. Championships. You're around the Dennis Podman, Larry Murph, I mean Larry Robinson. You're around the winners. You, sure. you, 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 you play with guys. So you understand where it comes from. But um, And I was very strong-minded. And it was not meant to be. So what happened? Wow. I played two and a half years in New York. And when I went to New York, it was the situation in New York was worse than Los Angeles. I felt like <laughs> we had our team in New York. The teams I played with we would have been really competitive. We chartered everywhere. Yeah. We went to we busted the Islanders back after the game. We went to Hartford back after the back, game. Yeah. We went to Jersey back after the game. A long trip like this. I mean, I remember John Van Beesburg says, "Oh my God, we're on the road for a week." I said, "Where are we going?" He says, "We're going to Boston. I'm going to Philly." I don't know. I says, "Are you kidding me?" Us, <laughs> we were on the road for three weeks. Right, right, yeah. We exactly. couldn't even practice four Com- games in five nights. Anyway, you, you commercial, of- yeah, commercial flight at that, right? Well, that, that's what it is. That's what happened. So, but you know what? I don't regret anything. There was right. no press conferences, nothing. After I went to training camp, they told me my situation. They still owed me a year. They couldn't figure out how to do it. I said, I'll tell you how to do it. I walk in the office with Neil Smith, and I said, here's what the deal. You owe me this. Pay me in four years. Mm-hmm. See you later. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure to play in the NHL. I didn't really, have a press huh? conference. Yeah, I didn't yeah, cry. I, yeah. I didn't do nothing. And Neil Smith calls me and says, can I have your sweater? I <laughs> says, you know, Neil, you can have them all. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for listening to the Pulp Hockey Podcast Show. Having a good time doing it, and uh, thanks to our guys for coming on board over at Righty Board. Righty Board's Power Play Whiteboard is hockey's first restickable portable hockey whiteboard that goes wherever you go. Whether it's needed at one end of the rink or one end of the country, the Power Play Board sticks to any surface your team needs it. Vivid graphics and a white background on the front. Removable, long-lasting, air-free adhesive on the back. Visualization is now your ultimate weapon. It's the most versatile, practical, and simple-to-use whiteboard in the world. Every rink, every team, every coach needs to get a few of these Power Play whiteboards and check them out. Use the code PULP at writeyboards.com, W-R-I-T-E-Y, boards.com, to get 15% off your Power Play board. All right, back to the show. Well, like, you were still putting up points in New York. You were still a very good player. And, yeah, you're right. As a, as a guy that's younger than you, it was like, what? He just quit? What? Well, you know what? You, you are a stable. Uh, there was It was really a bad situation there. Phil was fighting with Bergeron. Right. Bergeron was fighting with Phil. Here's what I can tell you. I'm a very strong-minded guy, and I'm still today. Mm-hmm. They all got fired. <laughs> Everybody, even the president of the team, they were all gone. When yeah. I went to camp, I was still there, and they were all gone. <laughs> I kept my mouth shut. I yep. stayed out of it. Phil fired Bergeron with four games. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. I look at him. I says, you're gone. 
He said, well, he looks at me. I said, we played uh, Pittsburgh. I says, you, you expose yourself. Why, well, the guys are, the guys are going to play for me. They didn't play for him. Well, the guys didn't play for him either. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is well, what it is. I mean, you can't blame all the players you want, but at the end of the day, you know, a coach is very important, and you see now, I mean, uh, like, so I don't know what's going to happen in Montreal. I mean, they have 106, 110 points last year. Now oh, they, yeah. it looks like they're not going to make the playoffs. So now it's the coach, right? Yeah. How, can, how can he be that bad in one year? <laughs> I know. That's how this game works, right? No, it's, it's terrible. So, it, it, it's really difficult. It's so uh uh, but I have no regret. The next day I was at work. I never looked back. That's I made crazy. a fortune. I made a fortune. Listen to this. Everybody's always asking me what I did. I've done a lot of things. I've been very successful. Uh, some people call me Donald Trump Jr. You know what I mean? So <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, I don't know if it's good or bad because they don't yeah, really yeah, like yeah. it in the states yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, you got a good, but you got a good hair on you my, too. Yeah. I kept my nose clean and I work hard. And we have this business very successful. I do other things, and that's why I have the time to talk to you. Yeah, you know? no, it's uh, it's it was a ter- tremendous career. There's no doubt. And you got to play with Guy at the end. He he played for the Rangers. Uh, you guys came yeah, full they, circle. You know what? Yeah. Here's another story. Like they they came and asked me, Chris Nyland. And I'm I'm dropping names that people probably don't know, but Chris was a uh, tough people player. Know, people know Chris Nyland. People a, know a, Chris. a brawler. And then uh, there's a meeting. I walk in. There's Phyllis Pizzito. There's. Uh, uh, Cashman and this, uh, Eddie Jack come in and mm-hmm. they're all sitting there and Chris Nyland is there and they asked me my opinion about Guy Lafleur. Guy didn't play for four years. Yeah, he quit. And yeah. he asked me <laughs> what I thought. I said, well, I, I just got to tell you, I saw him during the summer. I was in Montreal. He looked in good shape. Mm-hmm. And I talked to uh, Steve Schott. Uh, he says, they, they played some Legends games and he was still flying. And I said, well, and here's what I said. Here's what I said and I knew exactly what was going to happen. If I said it's okay, they take him, I know I'm gone. And mm-hmm. it's what happened. Yeah. So I said to them, I says, what do you have on the right side right now? Gee can do as well as what you got. Right. They said, well, if he goes to Pittsburgh, he's going to score 50 goals with Mary Lemieux. says, no, you won't. No, you won't. Mm-hmm. But I said, he's going to be as good as what you got right now. So they did. When they did that, he played with me right off the bat. Like he scored a goal, his first goal with me. And suddenly we didn't come out, you know, like really mm-hmm. swinging. We had other issues. And then suddenly that's the difference today. Today they want to keep guys or you look at the guys that signed with seven or eight years contract. They're going to be 37, 38, something, right? Yeah. Well, in my days, they couldn't wait to get rid of you at a certain age. Yeah, yeah. You're too old. But they always forget about the experience you have, you in control, you conduct yourself right, you yeah. go to bed, you discipline yourself, you know what's coming up, mm-hmm. you never have to worry about yourself, and you make sure the guys, that's your job, just mm-hmm. say, hey, you're having a tough time right now, don't worry, the coach is on you, don't worry, we, the coaches get on all of us, be prepared to play, just get me, give me one good shift, and you watch things will evolve. And then sometimes, you know what happened? There's coaches that don't like certain players. It doesn't matter what that player what does. Yeah. It doesn't matter what he does. I've seen more guys get ruined by coaches just for personalities. Right, right. While I'm sleeping with those guys, you know, I have a roommate. I listen. Right. A lot of guys have issues uh. because they're an athlete. You watch them on the ice. Guys have kids are sick. Yep. Guys get divorced. Sure. There's things that happen. Guys have problems financially. Yep. Well, you see them on the ice. Says, oh wow, he's ready for the game. Well, he might be looking, but it's mentally. It's sometimes it's not there. Yeah. It's unbelievable. He has not changed. Believe me, this never changed. Yeah. No, you're right about that. People don't fans don't understand that. Absolutely, it's just like everybody, oh. right? Yep. Um, when you were the Triple Crown line with uh, Simmer, uh, Charlie Simmer, Dave Taylor. 
some of the greatest hockey uh, around, especially in those early years uh, of the Kings. What what did Dave Taylor do really well, and what did Charlie Simmer do really well? Like, what could you depend on those two guys to do, and where they would go? And 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 you know, I mean, I think you were the kind of the, the straw that stirred that line a little bit. But what were those guys' strengths? Well, Dave Taylor did it on his own. It was like uh, a high pick. I mean, he was not even uh, uh, he was two hundred tenth uh, or something, mm-hmm. and. Uh, First time at training camp, like you know, your first time, the first day at camp, he's just trying to stretch there. You know, just move around. <laughs> this guy is bumping, he's hitting everybody. And yeah. he look, he says, Hey, 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 Calm slow down. down here. We got a month to go with training camp. Jeez, don't get right, right. And then, but that's the way he was. That's how he played. Right. Then, after the second, third, fourth day, he says, What do we have here? This guy is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, so that's how it started. And just to tell you what a Dave Taylor was, we go to New York one time, and he just he played like that. And Bear, uh, Bubba Beck played on the left side. He mm-hmm. get, just got traded for uh, from Colorado. And, right. and we talk in the room. Don't wake him up. Just let him sleep. Yeah, Don't yeah. hit him. Just leave him there. He won't bother nobody. Yeah. Drop the puck. First puck goes in that in his corner. Who who creams him? David. Uh-huh. I said, What are you doing? Now? Beck was pissed off at everybody. <laughs> Beck is not Barry Beck is going to beat someone up now. <laughs> That's right. So he established himself, well respected, two way hockey player. Charlie Simmer, it was a different story. I saw I played against him in the NHL. He was playing for Oakland, and mm-hmm. he ended up in Cleveland. Right. And for some reason, we got him in New Haven. And uh, he came to training camp, and I watched him. I said, "Geez, I like that guy. Look at the size of that thing. You know, mm-hmm. he's six three, six four. He's got a long reach. You know, uh, very deceptive skater. I said, oh, geez, he's got good hands. You know, and very nice guy. Very nice personality. Well, they, they sent him back, right? Well, mm-hmm. it happened when Detroit. My left one year at the time was Danny Grant got hurt. They called up Charlie Simmer. Mm-hmm. I scored four goals in that game. He only had one assist. I scored four goals, and guess against who? Rogie Vashon. Rogie Vashon. Oh, nice. Rogie. You know, he says, I don't know if he's thinking, what are you doing this to me? Well, I used to practice with him, right? Right, right. So he would always ask me, says, is there too much room there? Like, can I shoot? That's how we did. There was no goalie instructor. Yeah, yeah. So you, it's a shooter, the goalie. And he was a, a real competitor, right? Yeah. So I said, sorry, I have to. I said, I said to myself, Rogie, I, I have to apologize to you, but I'm not going to tell you. But I said, this kid, that Charlie Saber, I got to keep him on a line. <laughs> and the rest is history. Yeah. You know what? I, I, looking back, if if they had re- recorded every goal we scored as a line, I mean, people would be talking forever because it was like absolutely incredible. I remember four games on the road. Mm-hmm. And we were good two ways, really strong defensively. We scored all the goals, and 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 then, then then it started to affect players. You know what? Because then if if the team, the opposite shoots you down, and then it happens. That's the way it is, right? Then suddenly, said, well, well, where are they then? Then that's when, you know, you have to have a mixture of players. You mm-hmm. know, I guys contribute the second line, third line, and I, I remember on a power play. Uh, we had already four or five points each or something. And Bob Berry says, you guys are up. I said, no, I was on the bench. Yeah. And you hope a lot of guys seen this, because I know a lot of superstars in the NHL wouldn't freaking do this, I'll tell you right now. <laughs> they would not, no. <laughs> I tell you, they would not. They jump in, get me one more. And I said, Bob, it's we had enough. Let's yeah. Somebody else, give them an opportunity. That's how I thought the game was. But I play a lot of guys that don't think like that. Yeah. So it is what it is, my friend. And, uh, Great guys to play with. We're still friends. Oh, I talked to Charlie uh, 
once a month. He lives in Calgary. Davey is a little bit more tougher, works with St. Louis, stayed in the game. Yep. I uh, was a manager for years in for, Los for, Angeles. Yeah, did for, a lot long, of things. for a long time. Yep. Good guy, great family man. They're both, and they're very, very uh, uh, kind uh, people, and I'm very proud to be associated with them. So yeah, great. I was telling I was telling Jim Fox, like, growing up in Winnipeg, like, I never saw the Triple Crown line play. You know what I mean? Like, you guys weren't on Hockey Night in Canada. You weren't on TV. Like, I, I barely ever saw you guys play. And, um, you know, it's just one of those things. Just, I, I, you know, I, I saw Gretzky, Curry, and, and Messier over and over and over, you know. But, uh, well, you're, just a, you're just a young guy. That's what happened. Yeah. Man. You should be happy to be young. I'm getting <laughs> older and I'm fading. But there's one thing I can tell you. If I go to Winnipeg, Edmonton, mm-hmm. Calgary, Vancouver, I can walk just about anywhere. They know me. Yeah. Because they saw oh, me yeah. play a lot. Yeah. And especially in the West Coast, especially Vancouver. Uh, we used to practice in Victoria. Yeah. And they, Calgary had good rivalries. And it was a lot of fun. And at one time, as you know, Denver, where the, the Rockies were in the league, mm-hmm. and until they folded, or, you know, went, right. uh, I guess, went to Kansas City or something. And then, anyway, uh, uh, those were. Uh, uh, it's always a pleasure yeah. to go there, and people. That's exactly what you say. You said, sometimes they say triple crown. They know that says, I know Dave Taylor. Who's the other guy? Oh, yeah, uh, they know who I am. I'll oh. tell you, but they always <laughs> miss one. Says, oh yeah, that's it. That's it. No. What do you say, Charlie? They'll go like Charlie, uh, the guy, the guy. No, no, they go, uh, not that guy. Is that's the guy? Does the guy was married to a playmate? I says, yeah. I says, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the guy. He says, Charlie. <laughs> He was married to a playmate. I didn't know that. Oh, that's a nice Absolutely, that's and a nice. I still have the Playboy, my friend. <laughs> um, she's a beautiful, yeah. She was a beautiful, she's still a beautiful-looking woman. She was very nice. I uh, enjoyed it. That's awesome. Hey, a couple more questions here on the, on the Pulp Hockey Podcast with the great Marcel Dion. Like you said, you never had a lot of playoff success, but you did win a couple of Canada Cups. Um, did, did those obviously mean a lot for you, and what do you remember from that year? 76 with the, the Sittler goal? <laughs> well, 72, I started with 72. I did not play. I played at the uh, I was there for the whole training camp. Yep. That was the first time they, they do a type of event like this. So they needed guys at training camp. Mm-hmm. Remember, we practiced for a month. And, uh, wow, greatest experience of, of a lifetime. Then we realized that uh, going with about 30 seconds left or 40 seconds in uh, Russia, that these guys were the real thing. And now <laughs> we know we know what the Ovechkin and yeah, company, how many right. great Russian players that played the Fedorovs and so on. So they broke, we broke the ice with this. But 76, for me, uh, 72, a lot of Hall of Famers went on to, to the Stan Mikita, you name it, mm-hmm. Frank Mahovich became Hall of Famers, the two goalies, Dryden and Esposito, Phil Esposito, Cornway, you could go on and on. But 76, incredible story. 1972, Bobby Orr came to camp. He couldn't play. Had a bad knee. Just mm-hmm. had surgery. Right. He was devastated. Got on the ice, but they had to jack up the the promotion and just say, oh, "We're going to play the Russians. Four games in Canada. Four games in Russia." So uh, it was a, a publicity stunt. But he never played. 76, he was there. But I'll tell you this: this is a fact. Bobby Orr never, never practice with us. He just he played on one knee. Yeah, yeah. He wanted to play so bad. He was picked the MVP with Rogi Vashon of the tournament. The last game, the last game in the dressing room at the Montreal Forum, he's right beside me, have a nice uh, pack around his knee, mm-hmm. and he said, clearly said, I hurt my knee. If you look at 1976, after training at Team Canada, that's why our 
that's where he signed with the Chicago Blackhawks. Yeah, right. Didn't pass this was the, and there's all kinds of mix mix and max of things that stories that yeah. he was supposed to have a physical and he was not going to pass. Well, Chicago signed him. Yeah. And if you look the next three years. His career was over. He played 30 games, I think, the first uh, in 76. They didn't play the next year, her surgery, and only played three games, and he retired. He retired at 28, 29 years old. Yeah, yeah. Incredible. He retired at the prime of his game. And I have a photo here that, uh, well, there was a few more guys, but I, 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 I cut them out. Eh? <laughs> so it's me, Bobby, and Lafleur. Oh. And he's got the people don't recognize him because he's got so much hair. It's incredible. Eh? The, the, <laughs> right. You used to call him the the flying Frenchman, right? Yeah. The Demont, yeah. the Demont Demo Blanc. So uh, good guy. I, we had fun the two of us uh, all over the years. But that means a lot to me. And Bobby's oh, cool. got his yeah. Bobby's got his left left uh, hand and a glove on top of my head, and I had a helmet. And I tell the story, which is a lie, but it's a white lie. <laughs> I tell everybody, he says, well, what is he, why is he doing this for? He says, Marcel, you're going to be a great hockey player in this league. And I said, thank you so much coming from you, Bobby. But it's not true, but I say that. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. No, that's a, that had been pretty cool. Those are, especially that 81 team, too, man. It was stacked. Like, it was crazy. It was just yeah, every, great working company. Yeah. But you know what? You, you look at you, the press gets so hard. I mean, it's these guys, we beat the Russians on a Wednesday, 7-3, mm-hmm. and it's one game. It's one game. Right. They beat us 7-3 on Sunday. Now we're bums. They <laughs> us. I'm going, are you kidding me? We have a, a stack line. Lineup, you know? yeah. which by the way, 76, uh, Dale Settler scored, and we beat the Czechs. So yeah. the Russians were not as good. It was a little bit more diversified then, and they lost a lot of players. Was... They had a turnover. But, you know, I'm going, and, and instead of looking, we everybody wants to win. That's what happened with junior hockey now. I feel sorry for those Canadian kids. Right. Oh, right. If you don't win, you're a bum. You're garbage, going, yeah. Are you kidding me? Right. The fans, you watched their team this year, and then you, you, the, you, the U.S. is very competitive. Oh, yeah. Stop telling me winning is everything. A lot of these kids are going to go on, be very successful in their careers. Some probably won't ever, ever make it, but the experience they get out of this, the Canadian fans, next year it's here. It's in Montreal, yeah, it's in Montreal and Toronto, Toronto yeah. right? Yep. And I'm going to tell you the sad part about it. It's all about money, my friend. That's all it is. Yeah. Hockey Canada... It's ka-ching, 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 yeah. and they'll do anything. After they lost, first thing is the president of uh, the Hockey Canada goes. He says, we have to re- revisit what we're doing. Maybe we should have a full-time coach and so on. I'm going, are they out of their minds? <laughs> yeah. Are you crazy? just a game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah TSN. <laughs> and does, exciting. It, it, yeah. Exciting to watch. Yeah, and it's teenagers, man. Wild swings. It's teenagers. I yeah, I, I agree. A lot of them you see coming out, I mean, yeah. and you watch them play in the NHL, they're always going to remember. That's a great experience. You can't just, I don't know. Yeah. Because you know, I'll tell you something. Nobody tells me in the business world that I'm a loser because I'm very successful. <laughs> and the first one that tells me that, that says, yeah, you yeah. must have lost a lot of money because I, I think you're jealous now. Yeah, 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 really, right? Um, yeah. Who who gave you trouble? Who checked you well in your career? Who frustrated you, either a goalie or like a, a centerman? Obviously, teams would, would cue on you. They'd try to stop you to, to win the game. And yeah. was there anybody that well, gave you trouble? There's, there's, Here's the, you know, you ask me a question, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll tell you a story, right? But here's the way I look at the game, okay? Mm-hmm. And you tell me what, what I'm just going to tell you. 
this is the only game, I think the only sport, mm-hmm. that a superstar doesn't play against a superstar. It's always these guys that... Yeah. I played against guys that... They would tackle me. They would <laughs> grab me by my legs. They could grab your stick, hold you on, hook yeah. you, yeah. put you down. Especially back Look then. Look at every yeah. other game. Look at every other sport. Best pitcher against the best hitter. Basketball, best center against the best center. You look at football, quarterback, tight end. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's hockey, it's always against these checkers. And it's just like you go, how can guys, we can't do it. Just, I think that's how good you are. Yeah, yeah. You see, boy, they, they just, but they says, oh, no, no, we can't play. I cannot play against Wayne Gretzky. Really? Well, who's what? We're going to make it interesting. It's going to be a 10-9 score. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got but it's it. not true. Yeah. And I hated that. Yeah. And sometimes, you know what happened? Sometimes, just 20 minutes, look at the clock. There's eight minutes left. We haven't been on the ice. We jump on, jump off. <laughs> jump, jump on, jump, on, jump, jump off. Right, 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 what right. about the people that paid that kind of money to watch you play and you're playing one of those games? And that's why they play today in the NHL. And I said, you know, that's why you want to see a kid like McDavid to do it. Why? Watch him. Mm-hmm. He does things that nobody else can do. Wouldn't you want, if I'm, I'm talking to a friend of mine in Edmonton last mm-hmm. night, and I said, don't you want to, can't you, you go into the game, you can't wait to watch him, what he's going to do. Yeah. He's going to make two shifts, bang, 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 you're going, God, I spent 150 bucks, and I would spend $300 to watch this. Right. Well, we don't have enough of these players. Yep. We don't have enough. I mean, Ovechkin is a shooter. Yeah. He's just a powerful shooter, 14 assists. 300 goals, you know. That's why they shut him down in the playoffs. They'll focus. They won't give him that. Steve Stamkos, boom. He stands on that dot, doesn't move, scores. Don't they know like, that's where the puck's going to come in the park? We just put one guy there. Yeah, Who yeah. cares? Give yeah. the shot to everybody else. Oh, no, that's not. This, yeah, yeah. Is, this is politically uh, correct. You know, they got to do this and do that. And that's what I didn't like about the game. When you ask about those guys you played, mm-hmm. very seldom I played against Bobby Clark and uh, Billy Barber and uh, Ricky Leach. And I think Bobby Clark was one of the best two-way players in his prime, and he won two MVP. Mm-hmm. But you didn't mind because he could score goals. Yeah, he could do. Yeah, he could do everything. But some yeah. of the places the guys didn't care if they didn't score. Tackle them, stop them. Ken Lindsman, do whatever it takes to stop them. <laughs> Ken, Lins- Ken Lindsman just hacking you around the whole ice. <laughs> Yeah, he's a rat, a rat. Matter of fact, there's not a rat in the league now, but he's pretty good. You look at Marshawn, Marshawn right? Marshawn, yeah, yeah. Five foot seven, five foot eight, right. got 26 goals. Yeah. Uh, too small to play. No kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about no. the guy that's 6'4", six, 6'5", six, and can't even shoot the puck on the net? Yeah, the, the big guys have to prove they can't play, right? And the small guys have to prove they can play, right? That's how, well, that's how it goes. Well, the thing is that yeah. I tell kids when I talk to them and to reinforce the parents, there's no such thing to be small. And here's what I tell them. There's no such thing to be small. And I picked the first little guy that mm-hmm. they all know who he is. He's small. And I said, I'm going to ask you three questions. Do you understand that? And he's got to tell me his name. What's your name? John. Mm-hmm. I didn't hear it. It's not loud enough. I told you I'm going deaf. John, it's John. It's John. Okay, okay John. I'm going to ask you three questions right now. You get knocked down on the ice. What do you do? Sometimes they don't know right away. They panic, right? And you say, yeah. uh, 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 I get back up. I says, very good. I'm going to ask you a second time again. You get knocked down on the ice. What do you do? Mm-hmm. Now he knows. He says, I get back up, right? right? I said, for the last time, for the last time, I'm asking you, 
You got knocked down on the ice. What do you do? He says, oh, he's really happy. And then he might know. One kid got, got me off, off guard here. He says, uh, I get back up and I punch the kid. <laughs> I says, that's pretty good. But I says, you know what you do? No, you quit. <laughs> yeah, I punch the kid. You know why? You know, nobody likes to get hit. Yeah. And I says, that's what it is. You just quit. Then they laugh and they go on. And you know what? You reinforce these kids. Well, since you're small, then you got to be fast. You got to find a way. You don't have to be the first guy in the corner against a big guy. Just come out with the puck. Play with the puck. Watch Patrick Kane, what he does. Look at the same. Yeah. Boom, boom, boom. He's just a little guy leading the league. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's the people, the coaches, the people that like to see the perfect specimen. Eric Lindros, 6'5". They want guys like, oh, my God, you're just licking all sports, right? Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, there's room for everybody else, especially in this game today. And Brad Marchand is one of them. He's a Kenny Linsman. He's the rat. Second rat, I swear to God. He's, he's a pes, pesky guy, but he's successful. Yeah, he yeah. can play. Yeah. Why not, right? Yeah, yeah. So you find a way. No, absolutely. Yeah, it, it, there's a way to do it There's for everybody, right? There's a way to Absolutely. But a lot of kids are way. left out because you got these coaches that bat them, and they all want these guys. And I'm going, says, yeah, it's you. You, you you don't doing you don't do a service. He says, get him in there, help him out, give him confidence. And you know what? When you have a team, usually your players protect you and mm-hmm. uh, they do well. So there's no such thing. And then they like that after they leave. It gives them confidence and give them confidence not only about the game, give them confidence for the rest of their lives to do things in the real world. Mm-hmm. There's no such thing. So yeah, you were credited with five fights too, by the way, Marcel. So oh, it is whatever. I don't worry about it. You know what? Like, I, I, and that's the thing. As you get a as, as you get older, you shrink, you know. That guy, the great Johnny Bauer, is almost 92 years old. Yeah. I see him a lot. It's phenomenal. Yeah. He used to be 5'10". I'm with him now. I think he's 5'5". Five five. And he's got his hat on. He's yeah, hunched yeah. over and yeah. smiley. And so, is, what yeah. a nice, one of the nicest men you'll ever meet. So, well, who cares? Those are my heroes. Thank you for uh, taking the time for doing this. I really appreciate it. 1,771 points. Uh, Hockey Hall of Famer, Canada Cup champion, uh, like you said, doing well post career. I think you should have stayed. If, I think you could have played a few more years. That's just my opinion, but that's okay. Because yeah, you're doing well. So yeah, you see that it's easy for you because I'm full of arthritis now. The next two years, I'd be tough. But you know what? A lot of things pop up, and that's the reason you play a lot, shoot a lot of pucks, and now you pay for it. So yeah. thank you so much for the call. Listen, call me next time. It's about 85 degrees here instead of. <laughs> yeah, I'll do that. I'll do that. Thanks very much, Marcel. I appreciate it. All the best, it. and to all the people listening, to all the best to everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye.